0: One New Year's resolution I made this past year, I had a resolution I was going to lose 10 pounds, I only have 15 more to go, (laughs) but here's a a little Christmas thing that, that this was sent to me by a woman, it says, do you know what would have happened if there had been three wise women instead of three wise men? They would have asked for directions, arrived on time, helped deliver the baby, cleaned the stable, make a casserole, and brought disposable diapers as gifts. So I, I just prayed for the, for the new year. I, I told God. I I said, I asked him for a fat bank account and a skinny body and don't get it backwards like it did this year. (laughs) Well, anyway, I'm going to be continuing in Pastor George's series of before and after, and we're going through the book of James. And today I'm going to be going to James chapter 5. So James chapter 5 mostly speaks about how how do we respond to seasons of difficulty and hardship in our lives. And and it starts out in James chapter 5 verses 1 to 5. It speaks about how the church was suffering at the hands of the rich and the powerful of Jerusalem. It talks about the cries of the workers who worked all week and they got cheated out of their salaries. Many of them were condemned by the religious leaders of the city. They were condemned and murdered. Good and innocent people, it says, who had no power to defend themselves. And that's what was going on in the lives of the people of God. They were being hurt, exploited Many of them killed. So I'm going to read from verse 7. So this is James chapter 5, verse 7. It says, Meanwhile, brothers and sisters, we must be patient and filled with expectation as we wait for the appearing of the Lord. What was God saying? In spite of the injustice and the oppression and the affliction... You are to wait with expectancy and patience for the appearing of the Lord. Well, what does that mean for us to wait for the appearing of the Lord? Well, in the commentaries that I read, there are two possible explanations of waiting for the appearing of the Lord. One of them is we're waiting for the return of Jesus to the earth. You see, in the gospel, Jesus died, he rose from the grave, he ascended up to heaven, and that's where he is right now. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. But before he left, he proclaimed to his disciples that just as you saw me leave and go up into heaven, one day I'm coming down, I'm returning to the earth. You see, the first time Jesus came as a gentle lamb to die for our sins, it says he didn't even open his mouth. He didn't fight back. He willingly came here to die as a lamb to the slaughter to die for us. But when he returns, he's coming back as the lion of the tribe of Judah and he's going to defeat the wicked and overthrow all the ungodly systems of the earth, and every injustice and impression will be crushed. You see, the weak will no longer be destroyed by the strong. Bullying, cruelty, and abuse will be wiped off the earth when Jesus comes back. And the scripture says that's our blessed hope. We wait for his return. And see, right now, most of the people that we meet, they don't recognize Jesus as king. They might celebrate Christmas and Easter, but when it comes down to it, they don't acknowledge that he is king of the earth. But the scripture says, at his return, even the wicked and ungodly, the haters, it says that every knee will bow Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The people who mock you and laugh at you for serving the Lord, for not doing what you used to do, one day they're going to get down and bow down before the King of Kings when he returns. You see, we believe he's coming back to bring restoration on the earth, to bring peace on earth. There will be no more wars. Pain and sickness will be gone. So the scripture tells us to patiently wait. So that's one aspect. As I'm going through life, I'm waiting for Jesus to come back. But there's another aspect of waiting patiently for the Lord's appearing. You see, I'm waiting patiently and expecting him to show up in in my situation right now. It's great that one day he's coming back, but how many of you need him right now to work in your family and your finances right now? It's not only about we're waiting and waiting and one day he's going to come. No one knows the day or the hour. It could be today. It could be a thousand years from now. I have no idea. But what I know is that he's going to show up right now when I need him. Because he's the God. He's Jehovah Shammah. He's the God who is always there. You see, right now I'm believing God to restore my family or heal my body, to provide money for college, to get you through the pain. Whatever it is you're believing for, we have to wait with expectation. See, in in the end of verse 7, James 5, verse 7, it says, think about the farmer who has to patiently wait for the earth's harvest. As it ripens because of the early and the latter rains, so you also keep your hopes high and be patient, for the present of the Lord is coming near. See, when the farmer plants seeds, he doesn't say, well, I hope possibly someday that it's going to grow. The farmer plants his seeds, and with full expectation, he begins to get ready for the harvest. He's ready when the corn or the wheat, when it begins to grow. He doesn't say, well, I sure hope that that something's going to happen. Maybe one day the seed... No, he looks at it, and he's ready. He comes with expectation And in the same way, all of us, whatever you're waiting for, when we're waiting on God's promise, we wait with expectation because the scripture says that all his promises are yes and amen, not maybe, maybe, not someday, hopefully. You see, as I'm waiting, I'm praying in faith and I declare his word over my situation. I tell, I've said this before, but when I pray, sometimes I got to get desperate. Sometimes I get into some desperate situations and I need God now. I got to get right in his face. I say, God, you promised. God, you said in your word that you will provide every need. And I expect. See, that pleases the heart of God. The scripture says without faith, it's impossible to please God. So I expect the answer to come. I expect God to work in the lives of my children. I expect that every need will be provided. See, in James chapter 5, verse 13, it says, Are you suffering hardships? You should pray. Verse 16, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. You need to rise up and pray over your situation. You need to come to the prayer meetings. Oh, no, I pray at home. No, you need the people of God to stand in agreement. And all together we can shake heaven on your behalf. There's power when you pray. You don't just let time go by and, oh, God's going to do something. He knows my need. No, the scripture says you come before God and and you lift your need up before God and you begin to cry out to him. See, but but as we learned in James chapter 2, as I'm waiting, as I have faith, It doesn't mean I only pray because the scripture said that faith without works is dead. So as I pray, I keep on walking with God. I continue to press on with Jesus and serve him. I refuse to run away from church and isolate myself. I refuse to allow my worship to grow cold. I'm not just going to pray, I'm going to keep on going. I'm going to keep on believing. When the worship starts, you lift your hand and begin to worship. Maybe it's your worst day. All hell is breaking loose on you. But faith without works is dead. I put feet to my faith. And I say, devil, you can't stop my praise. You can't steal the song from my heart. And we just begin to rise up and worship him. In fact, let's do that right now. If you're going through a tough situation right now, let's just take a minute and stand up and praise the name of the Lord. If you're in a difficulty... Don't let the enemy shut your mouth today. You start to cry out, God, we worship you, God. Oh, we love you, Jesus. That's it, out of your mouth. You see, I'm showing you how to overcome right now. I'm showing you how to get the victory. I begin to still praise him. I say, God, I'm going through the worst day of my life, but God, you're good. Jesus, we're walking and we're suffering and things aren't going the way I expected it, but I love you, Jesus. Come on, just one more minute. Just praise him. In spite of the pain, in spite of the difficulty, maybe this was the worst Christmas you ever had. But God, you are still good. God, I trust in you. See, this is this is faith right here. This is putting feet to your faith. God, I still praise you. I'm still here. I'm still going to serve you. I refuse to give up on you, God. I refuse to walk out the door and not come back, cause I'm going through a trial, God. I'll be here. I'm gonna. Nothing in earth can stop me from Your presence, God. And we bless You in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. You say in chapter five, verse nine. It says, since each of you are part of God's family, never complain or grumble about each other. So instead of getting angry and disappointed with God and grumbling and complaining and taking it out on the people around me, I change the way I speak. I don't keep confessing. Oh, next year is just going to be the same old thing. Nothing's ever going to change. I'll never have anything. The rest of my life, I'm just going to suffer. It says, stop the grumbling and complaining. And we begin, we begin to declare the goodness of God. We come into alignment, it says in James chapter 3. I come into alignment with heaven's plan for me. I come into alignment with what God says, and that's what I speak. I'm not going to go around kicking everyone because I'm going through a hard time. I'm going to confess and I'm going to proclaim victory. Because the Bible says, not because I said or some TV preacher said, the Bible says I'm more than a conqueror, that I'm victorious in Christ. And let those words come out of your mouth. So I'm going to go down to James chapter 5, verse 10. My brothers and sisters, take the prophets as your mentors. And I'm reading from the Passion Translation. They have prophesied in the name of the Lord, and it brought them great suffering, yet they patiently endured. We honor them as our heroes, because they remain faithful, even while enduring great sufferings. The scripture say, saying when you go through a hard time, a harsh or difficult season... Take the prophets, or the men and the women of the Bible. They stood up on the great adversity, but they refused to quit, regardless of the pain, the rejection, the intensity of the suffering. For example, the prophet Jeremiah went through so much rejection and suffering that he tried to quit. He told God, I'm finished. He even told God, you trick me, God. I didn't know that I was going to have to go through all this pain. And he said, I'm going to keep silent. But he said, every time I try, every time I try to give up on God, the word of God in me, it's it's like a fire shut up in my bones. He was so filled with God that even if he wanted to, he couldn't quit. Make a decision in this new year <laughs> that you're going to be so filled with God that nothing is going to hold you back. Nothing's going to keep you from your praise. Nothing is going to keep you out of God's presence and His purposes for your life. Nothing's going to shut you up. You see, many of God's people back then. And even still today in countries like India, Iran, and Egypt, they die for their decision to follow God. In fact, today over 4,000 Christians in the earth die every day for their faith. And many are told that they would be spared if they renounced Jesus. They said, just give up on your belief in Christ. You get up and you say, Allah is God. Or that or you, you go back to Hinduism and it will spare your life, and they say we 'd rather die than to lose our faith in the one that we love and that 's the example given by the Bible, and that 's the example of many Christians around the world today, but at the same time hebrews eleven thirty three tells us that God's people who have stood in faith against the opposition. They overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back again from death. You see, it's not about our strength. But when we take a stand for God, on our worst seasons, times that seem like they're misery and grief, but it's in those times, the scripture says, that the, the saints of old, they overthrew kingdoms, They changed the world. It said those were the ones who turned the world upside down. It says not because of their strength. They were just men and women just like us. Don't be fooled by the pictures where they're all looking up with a halo over their head like they're about to float up into the sky. They go through the same mess and failures every one of us do. But they chose to take a stand, and the Bible's saying, be like them. When you read the Bible, when you, when you read about, about the faith of the victories won of the, of the Bible characters, don't just say that's a nice story, but let that challenge you to keep on going to victory. You see, in 1 Corinthians 3, it tells us, that there are scriptures that are like milk. The scriptures that are like milk, that's what babies drink. And those are foundational. We need those scriptures. God loves me unconditionally, even in my mess. He loves me. It makes it gives it's true and it gives me comfort. But that's the that's the milk of the word. Other scriptures, it tells us are like meat. Those are the scriptures that challenge you because they're tough to d- digest. There are scriptures like those ones in James 5 that sometimes you've got to wrestle with, but you're not going to mature if all you hear are messages of Jesus accepts you and one day you'll die. You're going to go in the presence of God and he provides every need. Those are true. I live on that foundation. But those, th- those, those messages aren't always the ones that help me walk through everyday life. Pastor George, when he preaches these meat messages, shouldn't have to come up here every time and tell you I'm not angry. <laughs> what he's trying to do is take the word to challenge you to grow. It's time to grow up. It's time to mature. We don't want to be babies anymore. Every time we have a problem, Pastor George, I'm overwhelmed. I can't do, I can't keep my commitment anymore. I can't, I won't be showing up for a while. I got too many problems. That's baby stuff. No more baby stuff in this new year. You take that challenge, you meet it by faith, and you say, I shall overcome this. We're not going to go around the same mountain again. I'm going to go down to verse 11, chapter 5, verse 11. It says, and you have heard of all that Job went through. And we can now see that the Lord ultimately treated him with wonderful kindness, revealing how tender hearted he really is. It's telling us one of those who went through hard times and difficulties. He was a man in the Old Testament named Job. And he was true. Blameless, righteous, the scripture said. He feared God. He stayed away from evil. But in spite of that, he lost, he lost everything he had. He lost his wealth, his property. He lost his, all his children. He lost his health. He lived in horrible pain. His friends who came to comfort him accused him of causing his own problems. They told him, Job, you must have done something to deserve this. His own wife told him, well, you see all this stuff you're going through? What kind of God are you serving? You should just curse God and die. You see, if you have it in your mind that godly people who serve God are exempt from suffering, that that means you're not going to go through Hard trials go through the fire, through the flood. I'm knocking that out of your head right now. Oh, but I don't understand. I've been going to church. I pray. Why do I have to go through this? Right out of your head. Whoever's next to you, just knock it right out of there. You could serve God. You could love God, and things are going to happen that we don't cause. There's plenty of things that do happen that are our fault. But you could take the the one who lives without compromise, who walks with God, and they're still going to go through trials and problems. And that's what happened with Job. See, the difference is, if you got Jesus, God is always there to help you get through it. You see, because Job, he endured in his faith. He lost all his kids. He lost all his money, his business. He laid on the ground in horrible pain. Yet, the scripture says, he refused to give up on his faith. See, sometimes he did it ugly. Sometimes I do it ugly. Sometimes I go through things. I don't give up, but sometimes I get like Job. Job complained. He got angry. He he said, I wish I was never born. He challenged God to explain himself. He was almost telling, come down here, you He was calling God to come down. He wanted to confront him for all that he was going through. He said that Job said he hated his life and he was angry. Well, why do evil people prosper? But why do good people suffer? You see, that's a picture of me a lot of times. Pastors have told me, don't let anyone know your weakness and I'm too old to care anymore what nobody thinks. I'll tell you right now that sometimes I go through stuff, I get angry at God, I complain, but I refuse to quit. If you can't do it pretty, then do it ugly, but don't give up. Let your faith endure. I wrestle with God. Some. As I come down here, I'm ready to knock him out sometime. I should to say that in church before. Pastor George to check for lightning and stuff. (laughs) But if you gotta do it ugly, keep doing it. But be like Job. He said, Consider the faith of Job. He never quit or gave up. He continued to worship. (coughs) Job's in Job 6, verse 10, Job said, At least I can take comfort in this. Despite the pain, I have not des- denied the words of the Holy One. He said, Job 13:15, Though he slay me, yet I will trust him. You see, you might slip, you might mess up, you might get angry at God, but I challenge you, don't give up. Be like Job. The Bible says, consider Job the most suffering man I ever heard of. He, imagine losing ten kids in one day. He was a rich man, lost everything. One, one two, three, boom. And yet he said, even if God kills me, still I'm going to serve him. Still I'm going to trust him. And in the end, God restored back to Job way more than what he had before because God honors faith He honors endurance. And I want you to hear a testimony right now. I'm going to ask Loales to come up. I want you to hear a testimony of someone who endured, but she knew that God was there all the time.
1: Good afternoon. How are you guys doing? Okay. Okay. <laughs> so um, in preparing for today, I've written many befores and afters uh, to find that I was trying to find that pivotal moment because we're in the series right now, Before and After. And I kept looking, I kept writing, and to be honest, I can't find a moment where my life just changed in an instant. Um, It's literally impossible for me to create a before and after Christ, because my life didn't change instantly. When I came to church, I didn't stop sinning indefinitely. Things weren't just like, oh, here's your Christian card. You're going to have a perfect life now. It wasn't like that. Um, Things got hard. There were challenges. There were struggles. I've cried so many Sundays, Wednesdays, Fridays, right there, actually. That used to be my seat every day I was there. Um, But if you want to be technical and really define a before and after, if you needed, a just for the sake of the service, to be technical and a theme, um, I would have to say the only before and after that really had to change was within myself, I was the one that needed to transform because Christ was already there. Um, I had to make changes in the decisions I made and how I chose to live my life after I came to know who Christ was. And um, this meant I had no excuse to make any more excuses. Let me tell you how I discover how God was always in my before. It starts with my birth in Colombia. My twin brother and I were born premature, positive for drugs in our system, We lived in an area where babies and toddlers were constantly going missing, drug-related crimes were like an all-time high, and clean water was a scarcity. And then from age two to seven, you know, we finally come to America, and my twin brother and I ping-ponged through the foster system. Eventually, we left the system, and my grandmother adopted us. I regret now taking her for granted, but I have to be grateful for my new relationship with her. You see, my grandmother never stopped raising her children. And then after that, she never stopped raising her children's children. And at the same time, she was, she was battling with two daughters. Sorry, she was struggling to raise two daughters, seven grandchildren, two of whom were still um, suffering from drug addiction and alcoholism. I know that now she was very strict for a reason, and she was trying to keep me from going down that same path. She would pray almost every night for a solid 30 minutes. And I shared a room with her because it was like 10 of us in a small bedroom apartment. And so it was like the girls in one room and the boys in another. So um, my grandma would pray every night. And I'm like, God, like, does she have to be so loud right now? I'm trying to go to sleep. Um, I used to hate it because it would keep me up. But now I know it was those 30-minute prayers before she went to bed at night that really kept me safe. I remember being filled with a passion of prayer when I was a child. Even though she would always yell at me, my grandmother raised me Catholic, and so if you ever been to a Catholic service, everything is very regimented and very structured. So while the priest is talking and they give the communion, all the adults that you know went through the confirmation and stuff, they would come up and get the communion. And I'm like, okay, well, grandma's not here, so I would always kneel down in the pews and pay and pray. Sorry, um, it's funny because besides her prayers at night, you know, I never really learned how to pray. I never had lessons on how to pray. I just prayed. And I just remember being like a seven and eight year old, like just at the pews, just praying and crying and praying and crying. And I'm like, why am I crying? Like sometimes I'm not sad. Sometimes I am, but, um, it's just something I did very often as a kid. Often I'd pray for my mom to get better. Um, but Also, when I was a kid, I found that I also had a strong passion for worship. And again, we were raised Catholic. We would sing hymns, but there was no true worship like the songs that we do here. But I remember um, getting ready for school in the morning, and there was a commercial that would play, and it was selling a children's CD. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen this commercial. It was, like, early 2000s. Um, and the kids would sing, like, different Christian songs, and there was one that I loved. And um, I'm not going to sing, but um, it would go, I could sing of your love forever. Um, and that was my favorite song. I didn't know it was a Christian song. I didn't know it was a worship song, but I just held on to that song. as like a little 8-year-old girl. Um, I'd sing it whenever I could. That was the only line I knew because the commercial always cut off. But, um, yeah, I was worshiping since I was eight, and I didn't even know. Um, But as my, um, sorry, as I grew up, God knew my desires. Uh, My biggest one was to have a mom and a dad. Um, Although I couldn't have biological parents, he gave me, uh, you know, moms and dads throughout my life, whether it was in school or after school programs or just throughout the neighborhood. So, um, I was really blessed to have other people fill in the gaps that I, were empty in me when I was younger. Um, so even though I didn't have much growing up in my before, I never had anything. I, well, sorry. I never lacked. I was never without, and I always had just enough. Um, I used to think because I was so sport—sorry. Give me a second. Okay. Sorry. Um, So this is why it's really important for me to share this, because um, I can't really say I had a before and after Christ because God was always there. Despite my tough circumstances, I've always been pretty fortunate. Um, I used to think I because of my fortune now as I look back, that it wasn't worthy for me to share my story, I didn't think it would do much. I started to doubt my story. I was so focused on what didn't happen that I couldn't see the miracle. I thought, well, I didn't end up homeless, or I didn't end up an addict, so, you know, what's so great about that? But what's great about that is that I was exposed to those things, and I didn't end up with those circumstances. Um, I was in foster care because of drug addiction and alcoholism, and that's when I realized not having those things happen in my testimony. Uh, well, not having those things happen is my testimony. Like Pastor George said, my te- my testimony is not is that I did not have to endure those things because I did not have to have a different life before Christ and after Christ because my life was always full of Christ, and for that I'm blessed. Um. He's the reason I survived those conditions in Colombia and why I remained uh, safe from harm in foster care. And he's also the reason why uh, me and my siblings were able to break the chains of addiction in my family. He's also the reason why my mom is now my best friend and been clean for over 10 years. And he's the reason for a lot of my victories now. For example, uh, I, was, uh, I, I dropped out of college, I gave up, and I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? Um, so one day I decided I want to apply to nursing school. And I didn't fit all the requirements, nor did I have the grades. I was smart, but I didn't have the grades. And um, it's funny, admissions just told me, give up, like you're not going to get in, just, you know, let it go. And uh, I took the admissions test, despite them telling me not to. I failed, but I still wanted to go through with the interview. And within three days later, I got early acceptance with a scholarship into nursing school. And um, he's also the reason. Well, another desire for me was to have a husband that, you know, loved Christ. Uh, You know, I met this hot guy in the gym once, (laughs) and I stalked him. And, uh, you know, we talked, we became friends. And uh, it's funny because a lot of people said he'd never come to church. And now he sits there with me every Sunday and loves to worship. So that's, that's really it. Like, <laughs> I wrote more, but it's, it's not even necessary because... You know, I could have been through worse, but I'm not. Um, I could go on about all the terrible things that happened to me. Uh, I mean, I got run over by a car, but it doesn't matter because I'm walking now. So thank you.
0: You see, in her testimony, she endured. She stood up for God through the difficulties. As I said, it wasn't always pretty. Through the fight, through the trials, when it seemed like there was nothing. When her faith would waver, but still, still she chose to make a stand. And now we have victory. But here's the thing. We've been holding out on you because you didn't hear the whole testimony. And I asked Lee, our investigative reporter, (laughs) she's going to come up and she's going to show you a video that's going to give you the rest of the story.
2: All right, y'all. Listen, this is real up in here. I just need to tell you that how real God is. Okay, cuz you know, we pray we pray for God to confirm things. We pray that God would meet us when anytime you get up here and you you speak and you do anything, you're like, "Lord, really speak to your people, right? Give them a sign." And we don't seek a sign, but I want to tell you this morning that that little petite beautiful girl that for those of you who know my story, know why she is such a woman of God close to my heart, you have to know what a sign from God she is this morning. Let me unwrap that for you just a little bit. I have a few words to say to you before we, we we play this video, but I had some thoughts, okay? And I just want to very briefly, before I get into what I want to share with you, I want to ask her husband, Jordan. I, I told him I was going to shout him out. Jordan, would you kindly stand up? He's, stand, he's sitting all the way in the back now standing. This was Lo Alice's promise from God. And you know, you can, you can greet him and talk to him later. I'm sure he'll tell you all about how Lo Alice stalked him at the gym. You know, she didn't get arrested for it. Don't worry. It was nothing crazy. He's here with her worshiping Jesus today. Um, but definitely talk to him afterwards. They have a beautiful story. It's all been part of Lo Alice's restoration. I have had a front row seat to her journey in Christ. I've known her for years. My family has known her for years. Many of you in here have known her for years. You've seen sort of the evolution of Loalis, if I can call it that, and maybe put a title on it. And God has been so faithful. She would sit here and I remember her worshiping and crying out to the Lord when she really couldn't see her future and where God was taking her. And she had so many questions and so many misunderstandings about the placement of things in her life and the way they happened and the way that they needed to sort of fall in place. Amen. I know some of us have gone through that, but she cried out to the Lord and, and the Lord heard her. And many of you have been crying out to the Lord. And I really believe that there's a prophetic sign through her experience here this morning and God allowing that to be showed to us because many of us are standing on the threshold from one year to another year. Now, if you have breath in your lungs, you are standing in in front of an open door to 2020. You are literally standing at a threshold and before you is another year. And some of you are looking into that and you don't really know what that's going to look like. And in the next few days, probably around the time from Christmas to New Year's day, a lot of us are sort of in a fog. Some of us are trying to bridge and make connections and trying to make sense of all that happened in 2019. Many of us are questioning, the things that went right and the things that went wrong. We're questioning some relationships that didn't work and why some did. We're questioning why some prayers have been answered and why others were not. We're questioning maybe why we didn't hit our goals and and, and maybe we're celebrating some goals. I know many in the house are celebrating goals that they actually did achieve in 2019. Many of you are reflecting on the moments good and bad and big and small that have made an indelible print on the timeline of your lives in 2019. Some things that have happened to you this year will always be referenced on this side of heaven as you share your stories next year while you're sitting around the table eating Thanksgiving and reminiscing on what happened this Christmas and this New Year's. And for some of you, that will be great stories. And for some of you, I'm sorry, I know it won't be such great stories. And many of you might be struggling this end of the year, this last service of 2019. You might be struggling with how you are to find closure with all that has happened, both good and both bad. But just like the song we were singing this morning, our eyes are above what it looks like. And some things might feel out of control and some things feel like they may never change. And some things, um, you know, some things may feel like they're moving like molasses and some things might look hopeless and helpless. But I want you to know this morning that you are more in control than these circumstances that have happened to you and have made you feel out of control. Lo Alice had so many things in her life that were out of her hands, that were out of her control at a very vulnerable age, as have many of you. But I want to give you good news. I want to remind you this morning that you are more in control than what your life circumstances might be shouting out to you this morning. You, my friend, you, oh child of God, oh daughter of heaven, oh son of heaven, you are in control of your worship you are in control of your praise. You are in control of your prayers. You are in control of your obedience. You are in control of your choices. You are in control of the declarations that come forth from your mouth in the midst of what might look like something hopeless. I hope that you grab a hold of that this morning because you, and although I know this is a feminine word, but you are the bride of Christ. You are the bride of Christ. What does that mean? That means one day he will crack the sky and he will return to be married to his church. But he's not coming back to a church that has spot or blemish. Why? Because he provided the sacrificial lamb of God that washes away the sins of this world. That washes us and cleanses us. And because you are his bride, he is going to redeem you. He is going to give you a future and a hope on this side of heaven before we see him. As your bride, he's going to infuse you with hope. He's going to bring you healing. He's going to be a father to you, a mother to you. When you were without parents, he is a strength and a fortress to you. And I really, truly believe that God sent Loalis to share her story on the last service of the year to declare a year of favor over the bride of Christ in the earth in 2020. I'm sharing that with you. Because I want you to know that the Lord is concerned with his reputation in the earth. And as you've cried out to him, he is going to pour his glory out through you and for the world to see. The Lord is declaring today that he is going to make his name known through you. He is going to dress you. He is going to dress you. Just like a bride on her wedding day, he is going to dress you with robes of righteousness. He is going to give you garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness that you carried in 2019. He will return joy unto you in place of your sorrow and beauty in place of your ashes. You will come back in 2020 reaping from all the tears that you have sown in 2019. I believe that you will be rewarded with grace upon grace and strength will be added unto you because you have put your trust in the Lord. I pray that you receive that. There is a prophetic sign happening here this morning. I do not say that lightly, but as you watch this video... Please remember that the same way that God promised a hope and a future to Lois, the Holy Spirit has painted you this morning a very vivid picture of his intention towards you and in you. Yeah. Oh
1: Lois, right? Yeah. You've been selected to represent the state of New York for Say Yes to the Dress America.
2: Coming
1: to Kleinfeld. Meet the rest of the brides on Say Yes to the Dress America, January fourth at eight on TLC.
2: Come on, let's give it up for Jesus. And let's give it up for my friend because I tell you that God will give you beauty for ashes. And the oil of joy for your mourning. And he will cause tears to flow from your face. And a smile to return to your spirit. Because God is faithful to the one who cries unto him. And who will he forget? Will he forget you? Will he forget your loved ones? God will not forget. And let me tell you what happened this morning. This paper that if you see the cover says... 2019 was bad. And I know, you want to hold my mic for me. Okay. I know that for some of you this resonates very deeply. But on this same day that God set this whole thing up for Lois to preach here this morning, for Pastor Gary to preach this word, for me to declare a word over you, she got the paper. And in the center of it was a whole big two-page spread on her show of TLC to be aired today. And so let this be unto you a prophetic sign that it might have been a bad year in 2019, But I promise you a dream in your heart is going to come true in 2020. So let that be unto you a word from the most high God, because God doesn't do these things in church. Let us not take these signs lightly that come from the kingdom of heaven. Let us know today that his will that's been done in heaven has come to the earth to show you and God has given this precious one as a sign and her husband as a sign to you. You, that God will continue the work that He began, that He has not forgotten you, that He will not leave you, that, like the sermon title says, He will always be there. But we have one important announcement to tell you before I let Lo Alice go down, because I didn't remember the date. But now you need to tell everybody when the show is going to air, because we're all going to tune in to TLC to watch Say Yes to the Dress America as she rep proudly, reps the Bronx, New York, New York on TLC. Okay, when is the show airing and when should we watch?
1: And when are you coming on? So the show is airing January 4th uh, every Saturday at 8 p.m. If you have the app, TLC Go, you can watch it there, DVR. I will be the season finale on March 7th. And then there's a two-hour wedding special that includes all the other brides um, on March 14th. But this is a little different from regular Say Yes to the Dress because um, I didn't pay for my dress. um, And it wasn't just a dress shopping experience. They selected... 10 specific brides to really go deep within their story, go back into their history and, uh, try to represent as America as best as they can. So they really got to know me, uh, met my family, um, and took me through the Bronx. And, um, uh, basically chose me to represent New York.
2: So come on. Cause God saves the best for last. She's the very last. She is the finale. Okay. So when you're outside today, do me a favor and go on and you may not read the newspaper cause it's ancient, but go on and pick up this paper. And let me tell you why, but let me tell you why, because let this, let this be a marker on your timeline. Let this Sunday morning, the very last service of 2019. Be a marker on your timeline that something is about to break forth in your life. That God is about to do something in an unprecedented way so that he might make his name known through you so that he might take all the things that happen for evil against you and turn it around for your good and his glory. We serve an almighty sovereign God and we cry out to him because we know that he is faithful because we know that he will not disappoint us, that he will not fail us, that he is a forever faithful God that does not give up on us, whether we're having good faith days or bad faith days. He's a God who will never leave you. He's a God who will never forsake you. I want you all to rise to your feet. And I know some of you are believing this morning. And I want to ask who who in here along with me will believe that he is dressing you with robes of righteousness. I want to know who in here is going to believe with me that they're going to receive the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I want to know who in here is going to believe with me. That the oil of joy is coming in place of the suffering and the mourning that you carried in your soul for 2019. I want to know this morning if you'll join me in finding closure because you're not the only one. I need closure myself. I need healing from my pain. I need healing from my hurt. I'm believing God's going to restore and give back unto me for everything that I've gone through this year. So if that's you, why don't you come to the front? Because I need to stand with you. Because I need to stand with my brothers and sisters who are going to believe with me. That he's coming to redeem the time, that he's coming to restore, that he's coming to heal, that he's coming to bind up. I need to stand with my brothers and sisters that are going to believe with me, that are going to believe for themselves that are going to find the closure, that are going to lay down right now in the presence of Almighty God the burdens they carried as they stand at the threshold as you stand in the doorway of 2020. May we, as we stand together and we face this open door of the new year because our gracious God has allowed our eyes to see another day. May we stand in faith as we sing together. May we stand in faith for the future. May we stand in faith over our families and our children and our church and our marriages and our friendships and our relationships. May we stand in faith together and if you can't come up here, that's okay. Stand in faith with us because we believe God is up to something good. Amen.
0: Amen. So before we close in song. If you're declaring right now, I refuse to go back. I'm moving forward in God. If all hell breaks out against me. Because that's what happened often in the life of Loales. This is where she's at now as the bride. But many times she went through nights when she didn't know if she could make it. But yet she refused to say that God is not who he said he was. She still stood and worshipped him. If you're making that same declaration today, whatever happens, wherever I am right now, no matter how low it feels like I've sunk, I'm coming back up, God. I worship you. I'm going to serve you all the days of my life. Before you go into the new year, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if that's you. God, I've been abandoned, but I worship you. I've been beat up. I got a knife in my back, but I will not quit on the God who loves me. So let's just begin one last time on this last Sunday of the year, of the decade. But but let's just give him the worship he needs. Wherever you're at right now, Maybe you're hurting deep inside today. But one last time, as a prophetic sign to God, as a sign to the world, as a sign to the gates of hell that they can't mess with you, one last time, let's just give him the praise and the worship that he deserves.